0: podcast diving diving deep, deep diving deep into all things texas both on and off the field here's sean pendergast and pro football hall famer the general john mcclain welcome welcome to utopia
1: um so john let's get to our four stock up and four stock down and let's go drink some eggnog and celebrate christmas here um let's start with the stock up and as always the floor is yours
0: uh stock up let's see i've been thinking about stock down let me see stock up, stock up, Derek Barnett, second start. Okay. He'd been claimed on waivers from uh, or signed as a free agent from Philadelphia. and last week he had to start for Will Anderson. He did it again last week. he had a sack, multiple knockdowns today he had two tackles for loss and he knocked down Joe Flacco three times. So he was able to get pressure on Flacco like nobody else. But Flacco still was only sacked once by Jerry Hughes' his first sack of the season. But Barnett and they he played to the run great. In fact, they played to the run great. Great, but Barnett, uh, I thought he played really, really well.
1: Yeah, he's been a nice pickup, John. Like th- these little waiver wire pickups that Nick Casario's made have have been fine. And Adrian Amos had a bunch of snaps today. We'll see if TR Tart gets in against his old team. He was inactive yeah, he today. He really will. Yeah, you, I would hope so, right? I mean, that's the, if, if, if you're going to have a motivated defensive tackle, I would say it would be Tier Tart next week. Barnett's a good one. I'm going to go Damian Pierce. I thought you would go Pierce right off the top. Um, I'm going to go Damian Pierce with his really the only kind of wow moment that that had Texan fans. Texan fans were into this game. I would say they were into it coming into the game, and then the Browns did a great job of taking the crowd out of the game early in the game. But the only time that they the Texan fans were into, into this game was on Damian Pierce's – 100 yard touchdown return uh, or 98 yard kickoff return for a touchdown. We had Damien on the post game show, John, and it was he, boy, I'm going to send you the audio of the interview. Like he was very very introspective in this in this interview about the struggles that he's had in the offense and exactly he was very very honest I thought about just how he's he's had difficulty, you know, some of the difficulties he's had and how many things that they ask you to do in this offense. He he said at one point late in the interview, he said, it's not going to get fixed this year for me. He's like, I'm going to keep studying and trying to improve, but it's going to take me an off season probably because he just didn't realize like how much different and how detail oriented and complex this offense was that he's playing in. So that was really, really, he's just such a man. You just want to root for him. He's great. As far as the kickoff return goes, John, he found out on Tuesday when Danny Barrett brought the depth chart over to him and showed it to him, he said, hey, look what you're doing this week. He That's how he found out that he was going to be returning kicks this week. He had not returned a kickoff since high school.
0: That and was he was genius. great today. It was huh? genius by Frank Ross because Steven yeah. Sims did a really good job on returns last week,
1: yeah,
0: and he didn't have any returns today at all. So yeah. the thing about Damian Pierce. Yeah. He likes to run straight. He likes to run over people. He doesn't want to have to move, uh, horizontally and plant his foot and look for the right hole. He just wants to go and you wonder now why they haven't been doing it all year, but I suspect he'll be returning kicks in the next two games. And you pull for a guy like that. who's working so hard, such a physical player. Everybody likes him. It's too bad they got beat because he'd be the toast of the town.
1: He would, he would. And he, uh, I thought his other – it wasn't just the 100-yard return, the 98-yard return. Like, his other returns were really good too. Like, he did a really, really good job returning kicks. Um, So, yeah, that was – I thought that was really interesting. He hadn't done it since high school, and that's how he found out he was doing it. So – but he said, like, really all it is is just – he's like, for me, it's just a long run. It's like being a running back with the ball in your hands, but it's just a long run, but I can read the blocking. You know, it's much easier for me to read and set guys up than it is when you're, you know, in the, in, in the offense for the Texans. And I said to him, it had to feel a little like that long touchdown you had against the Chargers last year. And I when you were running down the same side, he's like, I was thinking the exact same thing. He's like, man, this is the same sideline, same angle that the guy had on him and wasn't able to get him. Um, so, yeah, stock up on Damian Pierce, big stock up on Damian Pierce. We love Damian Pierce. What's your next one, John?
0: Uh, it's getting hard. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to say Frank Ross, the special teams coach, for thinking yeah. about putting him there, and he restored everything, of course, by uh, D'Amico Rines. But besides the touchdown, Cam Johnston had another really good game. The offense and defense were terrible, but the special teams were good. Best thing they had going for him. Frank's one of the best in the NFL, and you notice I took Frank instead of John Week, so you could take every week.
1: You oh you. Are you leaving John Weeks for me, John? Is that what you're doing?
0: Yeah, unless you've got somebody else because it's well, a struggle. It's a struggle.
1: I, it is a struggle. I, you know, I guess Davis Mills came in and did some good things in garbage time. Like, I, I mean, it's, it, it's a blowout game we're talking about here, You like you said. But I think Davis at least planted a seed if, that if for some reason C.J. Stroud can't go this week, maybe made a case that he should be the guy starting based on that quarter and a half. I don't know. He threw a few, play, threw a few passes that could have been intercepted as well. Neither guy played really well in this game, but I thought uh, Davis, Davis Mills threw the ball 32 times (laughs) in a quarter and a half. Um, So I'll give I'll give Davis Mills. I mean, the segment is stock up, stock down. So it doesn't have to be stock up. Like it's an IPO that's through the roof and the green arrow is pointed way up. I would say the fact that Davis Mills got in and did some good things and threw a couple touchdown passes, didn't turn the ball over compared to just sitting and watching with a clipboard last week. His stock is up.
0: In the first half, his rating was better than uh, Joe Flacco. He was oh, one of one he... for five yards. The his was eighty-seven. Rating. Flacco's was like eighty-four.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, you just completely discounted the uh, the validity of the passer rating statistic right there. <laughs> Good job. All right, you want to do stock down, John? Yeah. A lot more. A lot more meat on the bone here uh, as we uh, head into the holidays.
0: I'm going to hijack one that you like to do, and that is Bobby Slowick for his cockamamie idea yeah. that you could play two quarterbacks and somehow it was going to work in the first quarter, that somehow the number one defense in the league was going to be caught off guard, confused, and ineffective, and all it made was the Texans game, even he, offense even more ineffective, and thank goodness he got away with it. He should have well, – I don't blame him going with Case Keenum. But having him and, and Mills rotate early was just ridiculous.
1: No, and running zone read with him too, like he put Mills. Like in having there Mills with
0: him. an RPO, yeah, yeah, and running laterally for zero yeah. yards,
1: yeah, it that was, was silly. terrible. It was silly. No, I'm I'm with you. Like there, uh, Bobby Slowick's grade for the year overall is a good grade for sure. Like he for a first year OC with a rookie quarterback and all kinds of injuries on the offensive line. He's overall done a good job. I, I still chuckle a little bit when I see him mentioned among, like, the top eight candidates to be a head coach next year. Uh, it, you know, that's if, if a team wants to do that, then do so at your own risk. He still has a lot to learn as an offensive coordinator, I He's think. He's not
0: going anywhere. And they got veteran guys on that offensive staff, and you think they go, well, wait a minute, Bobby, pump the brakes on this. We're not in college.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Stock down, John, for me. Because I know you can't bring yourself to do it because you never want to kill one of your own.
0: He got benched.
1: Jalen Petrie got benched today. Jalen Petrie got benched today. It's probably been a long time coming, honestly. I feel bad. He he had one of his better games of the season last week against Tennessee. So my hope with Jalen was that he was turning it around. And I don't know what to make of this season that Jalen Petrie's had. I don't, you know, there's certain guys that you can look at and go, okay, well, it's just, you know, they're in a new defense and they're being asked to do different things. Seth's brought that up before about the interior defensive lineman a guy like Malik Collins, who got off to a really slow start this year. But in the second half of the season, he's really picked it up and Seth's pointed out like, look, he's being asked to run a whole new playbook this year defensively with what D'Amico asks his D lineman to do compared to what Lovey Smith asks his defensive lineman to do. I'm guessing there's some of that going on in the secondary as well, but Jalen Petrie looks out of sorts. Um, D'Amico kind of, I know, you know, this, you were at the press conference kind of sloughed it off when he was asked about Jalen Petrie getting benched, you know, no, we just had guys in a rotation. You had no Jimmy Ward. You <laughs> had Adrian Amos and DeAndre Houston Carson out there. And you had your one of your defensive captains, who the GM said two weeks ago on my show, we'll take 1,000 of him on the defense. You had him on the bench. He was benched. John, how do you think Jalen Petrie responds to this?
0: Well, I know he feels terrible about it because he knows how he's playing. People try to pick him up and trying to boost his confidence. So I would imagine... Whatever it is they want him to do, because he's coachable and he's not stupid, that whatever it is they're coaching him to do, he just had not done. It's not because he's trying to do things they don't want. They say, "Just, just do your job. And sometimes when you ask guys to do things they're not capable of doing physically, that's bad coaching. Maybe this one's mental, that he's not doing what he should be doing mentally. But for him to get pulled, like you said, with Ward out two of their defensive captains, or not in the secondary and they're playing uh, uh two guys off the street.
1: Yeah. I like it, John. I like that D'Amico's not afraid to sit a guy down like yeah, You know, that's this is where uh the parallels between the Rockets and the Texans, which I think there are several, with with the trajectory of their teams over the last few years and some of the things that have happened, you know, the bottoming out because the star player asked for a trade three years ago, Harden and Watson and then they bottom out and they accumulate draft picks and they draft a bunch of young guys. And I think there's a lot to be said about comparing Ime Udoka to D'Amico Ryans in terms of the respect level each of them has within their respective leagues um, with the way that they – I think that they I, – I think they they instill discipline in their team. They do. They like to think that they do. Um, and I think you look at a parallel like Jalen Green for the Rockets getting benched last night. He, he, he got – with six minutes to go in the third quarter, he never came back in the game. A close game that the Rockets won against the Pelicans. And I think you look at Jalen, Pe- Jalen Petrie is kind of the Jalen green in this situation. I think they're both of them are great examples of head coaches who are like, yeah, I, you know what? I really don't care that everybody named him a captain. And we think he's one of the star, the young star safeties in the league. He's not doing his job. Similarly, Udoka's is like, yeah, I don't really care. We drafted him with the second overall pick three years ago. He we're a worse team when he's on the floor. We are a worse secondary when Jalen Petrie is in there. Um, I hope they both pull, you know, kind of pull things out of the nosedive here. Both guys do. Um, but the Texans are gonna need Jalen Petrie. They need, they're gonna need last last I say last year's version, like he was a pro bowler or something, but he was better last year than he is this year. He made a bunch of sure. interceptions,
0: he missed some tackles, but he was much better, as you just yeah. said. And they need him to play that way these next two games.
1: Yep. Who's your next one, John?
0: The corners. All the corners were beaten by Mari Cooper and that would Before be Desmond ever. King the second and Stephen Nelson and Derek Stingley Jr. Even though Stingley had an interception, he got beat for a touchdown. Cooper just wore them out, and it wasn't like he made these diving interceptions, but he was covered, and Flacco put the ball to him perfectly. Yeah. But all three corners, I would just say the Texans corners, who've been playing really, really well, and most of the blame for passing down the field was on the safeties, but Corners out to rebound against the Titans.
1: Yeah, for sure. Don't leave D'Angelo Ross out of it, John. He's the one that got burned Ooh. for the 59
0: yards. Well, game. he shouldn't even have been covering Amari Cooper. What in the world Just was that in, you. him? Him yeah. with man coverage, D'Angelo yeah. Ross stuttering and stumbling, bumbling and stumbling down the sideline. Got a pass interference. I don't blame on him. him because he's not he shouldn't have been in that situation.
1: I agree with you. It looked funny. Like he looked like he didn't belong out there.
0: Yes, he did. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, last one. Look, if we're going to praise him last week when he leads him to a win, we gotta, we gotta put him in stock down because his stock definitely went down today. The legend of Case Keenum goes down today. 48 Ooh. yards passing at the half, um, an interception basically because he's short in the first half, and then a bad one that he just threw up for grabs in the second half. Couldn't get anything going. John, he was doing, he was doing things in this game that where I it had me saying to Seth. I'm looking at him, I'm like, that's 2013 case right there. Like, the one where he ran backwards because there's pressure coming into his face and he starts running straight backwards. I'm like, that's stuff he was doing in the Kansas City game his rookie year in his first start when they just started blitzing him like crazy. Um, Bad day. Bad, bad day for Case Keenum today.
0: His rating was 31.6.
1: Brutal. Brutal. His, his, His rating, his QBR or his passer rating?
0: No, I never paid attention to QBR. Go okay, by so the just game. pass rating. Passer you know, rating, he, he was 31.6. Okay,
1: if you go 0 for 1, if you just throw a ball into the ground, your passer rating is 39.8. But so <laughs> he was below the he was below the line of where he would have been better off just spiking the ball. Well, if he just gone
0: 1 for 1 for 5 yards like uh, Davis Mills in the first Davis half, his rating would have been in the 80s.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Come on, step it up, Case. Okay.